Let's imagine you are about eh, 45 years old. You could be a male or a female. You could be a man or a woman. You know, 45 years old, you got the brain of like a 4.5 year old, <laughs> like the like a brain of like a four or five year old at this point. But you're a 45 year old person. You look you look like physically, you know, the way a 45 year old should look. You look normal. You, let's say you have two kids and you got like a 12 year old and a 10 year old, you know, maybe one boy, one girl, whatever. You wake up and, you know, you, okay, you, you wake up, your phone, you got the alarm on your phone. And you check your phone, all the stuff that you got to do. Your phone is giving you all these tasks that you have to do for the day. Of course, you log into social media and check Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, maybe Facebook, but that's probably not even still a thing. Maybe they call it meta. Whatever other new things they're using at this time, this futuristic time that I'm talking about, maybe 15 or 20 years from now. You know, it's probably going to be some new social media platforms we're not familiar with yet, right? But anyway, so you, you're doing all this stuff, you know, pretty much you wake up and like your, your eyes and ears haven't left the phone much. And you know, you go down to eat breakfast and, and you know, your kids, they're really good kids. You know, you got your 12 year old son, your 10 year old daughter, and they're the type that they're like, they're really trying to be healthy and fit even at a young age. So they're, you know, they got their phones and they're entering stuff in. Cause at this point, like the apps are good enough where they can, they can track everything. You literally just take a picture of the food and it tells you, oh, this is exactly how many calories it has. This is exactly how much protein it has. This is how much, how many vitamins it has. This is, you know, what I need. So they're, they're trying to like stick for what the phone tells them is like the exact best diet for the day, right? And like, it's, it's intensive stuff, you know, like they, they've kind of got the same thing going where they don't even, like their eyes and ears don't really leave the phones much throughout the day. They kind of say hello to each other, maybe a quick hey and, you know, like a hand wave sitting there eating breakfast at the table together. But it's for the most part, it's just everybody's focused on the phone, you know, and like when they go to school, probably use like a, like a ride sharing app or something like that, where they like quickly order a ride off of it where there's a bunch of other people that are getting picked up to go to school in like a possibly somewhat automatic car, you know, maybe it's Tesla and Elon, maybe somebody else did it, who knows, right? And then when they're on their way to school, they're doing a bunch of homework because it's about efficiency, you know, so you're doing work while you're on the phone, right? It's, it's, you know, it's not really like discussing things with the driver. There's very little like actual interaction and your phone kind of keeps you moving fast. The hard thing is it's still, even though we're in the future, you know, let's say it's 2040-ish, we're still not to the point really where we've figured out how to, how to differentiate between the educational or the organizational benefits of the phone versus the entertainment of it. So of course you kind of get interrupted on there by your, you know, things and notifications that are popping up by being like, oh, I'm going to go and check social media and you see this. And I'm talking about your kids at this point when they're in their car on the way to school. And it's hard because like they're, you know, 10 and 12 and they have access to this. And like, sure, there's enough things that have been put into place, you know, to block them from looking at, you know, inappropriate websites. There's, but you really can't control it though, because, because porn is everywhere at this point. I mean, how much can social media really be controlled? I mean, people have been posting almost nude pictures on social media since the early 2010s, you know, or something like that. So it's, you know, they, they all have access to porn and there's not that much that you can do about it. And they're smart enough that they have ways to override whatever restrictions you try to put on there. So anyway, the point is, is 
they're on their way to school and it's it's a free world out there in terms of they are in the internet world and all they do is receive notifications all day long and it's a bit overwhelming really even for them you know kids are resilient but it's a bit overwhelming for them to be hooked to the phones all day long and kind of doing everything that they do on the phone and then you know you back you know maybe you work from home whatever you're you're back home still, they go off to school, you know, and you've got all, your whole day is just notifications and reminders on the phone. I mean, by 8 p.m., by the time you log into work, you've already gotten 50 notifications that you've had to either take a minute to read quickly or swipe left on or open it up and reply or whatever. You're trying to figure out what to do. It's a bit overwhelming. Like, this is, this is 2040, and you live in an upscale neighborhood of a great country. Let's just pick the United States, for example, and life is just overwhelming, but you live in a great house and you have all the amenities that you could possibly need. But boy, life is stressful. Am I painting a picture here? Sometimes they ask, what's going to happen when humans merge with artificial intelligence? Or they talk about, what's the word that everybody was using for a while? The, it's like Ray Kurzweil and the people would always use, gosh, I'm blanking on it. See, maybe this is because I'm already at the point where AI is taking over my brain and I can't think for myself without using my phone to think. It's not like the awakening or something like that. What is the word? It's not like the merger. There's a word that they use for it. The sub... Uh, the, the uh, Not the simulation. That's what Elon thinks that we live in. Maybe it'll come back to me. But it's essentially the point when artificial intelligence... It, we start blurring ourselves with artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence... You can argue it's taken over the world and humans are almost more artificial than we are human. But what makes you think that even in this scenario that I'm painting, which is kind of like 2040, which is also not that different from 2024, the year I'm recording this, what makes you think that that's not already happening? That we're not already part AI? You cannot do hardly anything in the world right now without the phone that you are probably listening to this on. Some of you in rare cases might be listening on a computer, but let's be real. Nobody does that. You're, you're listening to this probably on a phone. And you, you need it. You can't do hardly anything without it. Look, I just got a new job working in a gym part-time and personal training. And how many apps do we use? How many apps are we required to use to be a personal trainer in that gym? Six. We're required to download and use six apps on our phone to be personal trainers in this gym. Now, the apps have their use. Sure, it's good. It's not bad. I'm not, the apps are all good apps, and it's a good gym and everything. I'm not complaining about the job itself. But think through that for a second. We are personal trainers. <laughs> We're not AI engineers or data ops people. Think through that. That part-time personal trainers in a gym are required to use six apps to teach people how to lift weights over their heads. <laughs> what? Think through that for a second. Wow. We can't do our job without six different apps. Oof. This is a physical job. It has very little to do with technology. We use, the, you know, sure, there's an element of personal training where you need to be able to keep track of things, and one of the apps is obviously useful to keep track of stuff, but woof. You can't do anything in this world without these phones. How, how do you not see it that we're already living in a world where we are basically part AI because these phones know more about us and we need them to do more in this world than we could do without them? Like without the phone, 
you can't do half the things that you're supposed to do in this world. Sure, there are people who could live without the phone better than others, who could live more off the grid, at least temporarily, so to speak, depending on their skill set, depending on all the circumstances of their life. But for the most part, you, you can't escape. And you know, the more and more I think about this, the more that I actually think that we're moving towards two separate camps of people where one camp of people is going to say, God, I'm going to be basically Amish, like kind of a new version of Amish, where we say, you know what? The world in the 1990s was about as good as it could get. We had access to technology and phones and things like that and computers. We had access to the internet, but we didn't have a million notifications going off in our pocket and social media wasn't corrupting our minds. The reason that I'm making this episode is because it's a follow-up to one I did a few weeks ago where Diego, the owner of Keep Talking, said that's a great episode. Now let's do a follow-up where you look out into the future a little bit. The episode that I made at that time was the worst effect Instagram has had on my brain. And the way I see it is I'm a 34-year-old man right now, and I'm someone who's always been very focused in general. I do not have, I am like the opposite of what you would call ADD typically, because I'm one who, not necessarily in all subjects, but I have a pretty good ability to zone in and focus on one particular thing for a long period of time. It has its advantages and disadvantages. I'm not that much of a multitasker. I'm very good at zoning in and really focusing on one thing. Something kind of just, I grew up being that way. I've been that way most of my adult life. And now, over the past three years, as I've used Instagram on a daily basis, mostly as a creator, not as a consumer, which is theoretically better, because I'm not just sitting there scrolling reels all day. It's theoretically better, but I still see that Instagram has corrupted my brain to the point that I no longer have the patience that I have. I no longer have the ability to sit there and just focus on one task. My brain is ADD. My brain is more instant gratification. And it's partially due just to Instagram itself. It's also partially due to living with these phones, which, by the way, I'm recording this on right now because my phone is working better to record podcasts than my crappy computer is nowadays and my podcast equipment. These phones are great. They can do a lot of things. But we have to be very, very careful with what they're doing to our brains. I think a lot of you would also agree with me that life, that quality of life, this is very debatable for a lot of reasons, but that quality of life may have been better for most people on average in the world, particularly in the developed world. Let's talk about the developed world, okay? I'm talking about the developed world, you know, the US, Europe, things like that. In the 1990s and 2000s than it has been in the 2020s so far. We can debate this. This is very debatable. This is very individualized. But in terms of our quality of life on a day-to-day basis, I think that we have reached a point where the phones and the notifications and this crazy digital world that we live in has gone a little too far and we haven't figured out how to control it and it's taken over our brains and, uh, and our collective ADD or ADHD is extremely high and our levels of what I would call first world anxiety and depression are also very high. And I think a big part of that is because, well, it's, it's multifaceted, but I think it's all related in a certain way to the fact that we're living in this digital, social media, uber notifications world that we can't slow down. And I think a lot of people know it, we just aren't really able to collectively slow it down and back out of it a little bit or figure out a good solution. Because there's great stuff with the phones. But we have to be very careful what it's doing to our brains. And I'm wondering what is going to happen over the next couple of decades. Because 
our ADD is, is multiplying. It's, it's multiplying. I mean, think about it this way. How many people clicked on this podcast? Let's just simplify it and say hundred people clicked on this, this podcast episode to listen to it. There's probably less than 10 of you that made it this far that listened to the very end. And I'm guilty of the same thing because you don't really get my attention in the first 15 seconds. I'm out. And you know, they say there's the three second rule on social media. I think it's the one second rule. Now, I don't even think you have a second to get someone's attention in the scroll, scroll world that we live in anymore. So really, really consider this. The reason that I've made probably a dozen episodes related to this topic over the last couple of years is because it's arguably the most important topic in humanity right now. I say that digital message management is the most important skill that anyone can learn right now because no matter who you are in this life, no matter what you do, you probably have a phone and you receive hundreds of digital messages and notifications every day and understanding how to manage those is the only way that you can be in any way productive or even just enjoy your life. If you don't know how to manage them, you're screwed and you're overwhelmed and you're sitting there looking at messages all day that oftentimes are just useless. <laughs> Think through that, my friends. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.